BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the 49ers Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, San Francisco 49ers Insider, Matt Mayoko. This is the 49ers Insider Podcast brought to you by Big O Tires, and I'm joined by Laura Britt. Laura, how are you? I'm good. I've returned to the Bay, and now you're off just gallivanting around. Yes, I am in Indianapolis, Indiana, state capital of Indiana, and I uh, I have a guest lined up for the 49ers Podcast. It's Ian Williams. Do you know that guy? Oh, Ian's going to be on the podcast? Yes, Ian Ian Williams returning to the state of Indiana. You know, he was a hugely successful football star at Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, and now he's back. And uh, so going to have an opportunity to, to talk to him about the state of the 49ers. But first, I wanted to continue our conversation from last week. Last week, we talked about the offense and kind of what needs to get done. And today, let's talk about the defense. Oh, I see. I see what you did there. You got Ian because we're talking about the defense. You're a smart guy. Yeah, Matt. everything you everything you say, Ian's going to go. No, no, no. no I don't Laura's think so. Wrong. <laughs> and by the way, Mayoko, you're wrong too. So yeah, we'll we'll do our little thing, and then we'll <laughs> defer to Ian to give us the correct answers. Yeah. So just wait until part two to get all of your answer key. Yes, and uh, the first position is the one that Ian, of course, played, defensive line. And I guess the big question is Eric Armstead. The breakout season for him, 10 sacks during the regular season, a couple more in the playoffs. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know if the 49ers can afford to keep him. Yeah, I think it's that's an interesting part of football is how players perform in their free agency year or their contract you know, year. Um, I don't think that this is a case of that. I'm, I'd be interested to hear what other guys have to say. We'll have to talk to Dante and, and Ian about it, you know, some other time, but just how that goes. I mean, Eric Armstead obviously wants to get paid and he deserves to get paid for his performance. But like you said, are the 49ers going to be able to be the team that does that? I'm with you. I think there's a question mark there because you have a George Kittle, you have a DeForest Buckner and you have to pay those people. Yeah, and even some other guys who are coming open or coming free, you know, in the in the next few years, that you kind of have to map that out and, and figure out if a guy stays or if a guy goes. Um, but to me, Eric Armstead is is very valuable because they're already paying D Ford a lot of money, and Eric Armstead is is very good for the 49ers because he plays defensive end in those base situations and then moves inside to rush the passer and I'm not sure D Ford is the kind of guy you want out there for you know whatever 45 50 snaps a game you want him out there rushing the passer and you don't necessarily need him out there on first and second downs and so that's something that Armstead does so uh, yeah they're they're gonna have to 
if they don't pay him and keep him around, they're going to have to figure out what they want to do. And to me, a guy that they could definitely bring back is Ronald Blair. He's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent, and he injured his knee coming back off the ACL. But he's a really good player and a guy that I think if the 49ers bring back, he would have a really significant role next season. Yeah, that's, you know, the injury this year was was a big problem for him. But everybody in the 49ers organization knows what he's capable of and knows what kind of player he is. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. And I think, I, I don't know, I you've been around this organization and I know it it changes so much with the different front office and this front office hasn't been there that long, but do you get the sense that Eric Armstead is a guy that they'll keep around? I mean, you just don't, I, I, you know, you don't know until this stuff happens, but we can speculate. (laughs) Yeah. He's well, he is a commodity. And if you just let him walk, I mean, the best you get, out of him as far as compensation would be a third round pick actually you know, an after, you know compensatory pick after the third round not in 2020 but next year and that's if you don't sign any other free agents and Armstead signs a big contract uh maybe I'll talk to Ian about this a little bit later but it would sure seem to me that he would be somebody that if you're not able to sign him to a long-term extension, which is what John Lynch had intimated, like we'd like to keep him around for a long time, that means that they don't necessarily just want to have him as the franchise player and pay him for one year. If they can't work that out, I think probably their best way of handling this would be to tag him and then try to trade him uh, much the same way that the Chiefs did with D forty a year ago. And that way you get that compensation back. And you don't have to say, hey, we want two first round draft picks. You're not going to get that for him. But if you say, hey, we'll we want a we want a second round draft pick. We want a third round draft pick. And anything you get for him is better than what you would have otherwise gotten for him, which is basically, you know, a fourth round draft pick. So to me that's kind of the way uh, they should be looking at this. Yeah, and we we talked about it last week. The 49ers need those draft picks this, this year, this season. Yeah, they only have one draft pick in the first four rounds. And so that's the number 31 overall pick. They don't have anything in the second round, don't have anything in the third round, don't have anything in the fourth round. So they do have some places, some needs uh, where they would love to bring in some young guys, some young, talented guys. But right now, they just don't have any ammunition. So it sure seems to me that if you can get a second-round pick, a couple thirds, a fourth, I mean, that is so much better than what they have now because this is a draft where we talked about the wide receivers last week cornerback and safety this is a pretty good draft for those kinds of guys we'll probably see a little bit more of those guys later in the week uh, when we see them work out and get a chance to talk to some of them but uh, the the 49ers I guess we could let's we'll I guess we'll save the the cornerback talk for a little bit later but um, yeah I mean they could even use a pass rusher or two they can all, every team can use a pass rusher. You can never have too many pass rushers. 
That is true, but uh, th- that's so much improved from 2018. It's it was just night and day. Y- yes, no question. Um, and then when I was doing the series of the you know, defensive linemen, uh, linebackers, I really kind of looked at the linebackers like they're all set there. You know, the, the talk about the defensive line with Bosa and DeForest Buckner. Um, you know, Solomon Thomas will probably have a, a greater role this season. Uh, DJ Jones will be back. He'll be a significant player. You know, D Ford's coming back. But when you look at the linebackers, that, that, that unit looks pretty set to me. When you look at Fred Warner is definitely a starter. And then you have two other starters in Dre Greenlaw and Quan Alexander. And foreigners are going to have to figure that out, or there's going to be competition to see who's the linebacker that goes off the field in nickel situations. But they got to feel pretty good about all of those guys. Yeah, that's a great problem to have for them. And Fred Warner's been such a, a good story for the 49ers with his development. And I think the 2018 season, you know, they go they go four and twelve. But this is what we were talking about with how they were able to build even though it was a a losing season, a guy like Fred Warner gained so much experience during that season that it's paying off. It paid off in 2019 and it's going to pay off in the future. Uh, You know that the team's so happy with him. They have nothing but great things to say about Fred Warner. Yeah. So the foreigners appear to be pretty well set in their front seven. And uh, let's, I'm going to throw it to uh, my conversation with Ian Williams now here from the Indianapolis scouting combine. But first, this word from Big O Tires. And then, Laura, I will see you on the other side of Ian Williams. Now at Big O Tires, get a $70 reward card on select sets of four Michelin brand tires. Offer good February 4th through March 1st. In-store promotion at participating Big O Tires. Not valid with other offers. See store for complete offer details. Void where prohibited. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is the 49ers Insider Podcast brought to you by Big O Tires. And... You know, walking around the hallway here at the Indianapolis Convention Center, and who do I bump into but my colleague, Ian Williams. Bump, Ian, how bump, are you? I'm doing good. I bumped into you on the flight. What you talking about? Oh, that's true. <laughs> I didn't even see you. You kind of popped out of I know. I, yeah. I, I had I, my I hat down. I know, right? Yeah, you just yeah, you incognito. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were here as a draft prospect in 2010. What do you remember about this whole process and what your where your mind was and what you were going through at that time uh i just remember being back at school and just being uh being excited because i was i got the letter and the call from my agent that was going to be a part of the combine it was like 20 225 guys or something like 250 guys that get you know accepted to the combine so it's just pretty cool that out of all the guys in, in, in college football i got to be able to go to the combine and pretty much show my stuff so Fast forward to, you know, around this time, 10 years ago, I get here. It's cold. Obviously, it's Indiana. You know, it's an hour south of South Bend, roughly. Uh, I'm nervous as, as crap, man. Just, you know, it's a because I didn't realize realize back then it was a job interview. It was a big time job interview. I'm thinking I'm just going out here just doing some drills and stuff like that. Like, this is big time stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I, I was nervous. I was coming off of a MCL uh, uh, tear and. Um, you know, one of the first things a lot of people don't even realize when when guys get here, it's not strictly meetings and stuff like that. Like you're going through guys when they get here today, they'll be going through medical evals at the hospital pretty much all day. Any little thing that you had in college, all these college, all these NFL teams are looking at and all these uh, uh, doctors are looking at. So, you know, you're getting poked and prodded, you know, 
all day. Are they like pulling on your knee? Yeah, just- yeah. So I remember, you know, I tore my MCL. So obviously all these doctors, they don't trust each other. You know, the Arizona Cardinals doctor would say, oh, yeah, his knee's bad. Just to say, oh, yeah, so we can draft him in the sixth round. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that, that, on, that one team won't draft him in the second. And he'll fall to us. So all, a lot of these doctors don't trust each other. So imagine the day before you run a 40, getting your MCL, your knee. You know how they, like, you know, when a guy, you know, on, on the field gets his knee checked out, how they do the the checks and stuff like that. Imagine having like 28 doctors do it. And it's not like they're softly doing it. They're like jamming your your your, your knee just to see like how much it gives and stuff like that. Um, and just dealing with little things like that. Um, it was cool being around a lot of the athletes that I had watched on TV, you know, around the country and that being around those guys and be able to talk, you know, little stories that you just hear from, from this, this and that, da, da, da. And then just competing with a lot of those guys. I see, still see a lot of those guys um, randomly. And, you know, we have stories from the combine, you know, just, you know, talk about random things. So it's, it's cool just to be back here in a different light um, and experiencing the combine from a, from a different aspect. And so what is your role here at the NFL scouting combine this year, you're working for doing some work for Applied Silver. Mm-hmm. What's tell me a little bit about that? Well, I'm kind of your chaperone. They they told me just to make sure you know Matt stays out yeah, of trouble up in Indianapolis. Well, so then you have your work cut out for yeah. you. <laughs> uh, no, so I'm here for Applied Silver. So it's a company that their flagship product is called SilverClean, and it's a, a, um, a health wellness company, and they use silver ions to kill bacteria. So it's dispersed into the wash, you know, and it helps with cleanliness, helps with odor, killing staff, mercy. You know, you got the coronavirus going on right now. You know, we haven't had a, a, a chance to, you know, sample our, our product against it. But, you know, we kill it kills flu, germs, you know, viruses. So why wouldn't it kill that? But um, uh, for the most part, it's just help, um, there to, to help athletes. You know, um, myself, you know, my injury was... Uh, um, from a staph infection that had multiple surgeries and, and had to clean it up. And that's why I you know, had to call it a career. Um, and the company is pretty much trying to do that so that guys don't end up like myself or uh, Daniel Fales, which is another advisor on the board with us um, who had uh, when he was with the Giants, they had a very bad outbreak. And, you know, he's still in a walking boot dealing with, you know, multiple surgeries that he had from his staph infection. And then, you know, it's something that, you know, a lot of teams and a lot of people don't talk about because you don't see it. You don't see a germ. It's, it's super small. You know, you just you can't see it. And something you can't see, you normally don't pay a lot of attention to, especially, you know, teams with the budget, you know. But, you know, the small thing is having a guy, you know, like Drew Brees or, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, go down with a, a, a infection and uh, you know, a cut from a finger. You can get it from whatever you know guys are trading sweat blood all the time on the field and you know anything can happen and it would suck for a team to you know lose a, a key guy like that to uh, something that you can't see that you can kind of get in front of and prevent it and you know a guy don't don't miss you know four or six games or a super bowl or something and like this that. is a big deal but it really isn't publicized much because teams certainly don't want to talk about it exactly yeah it's, it's something like it's really hush hush you know you don't want to talk about it you don't re- release your studies but um it's been great to see that the teams that we're working with how they're relinquishing some of their studies and their findings for us to, you know, for for us to help, you know, more teams in the NFL and, you know, amongst other sports. You know, we're in colleges, we're in the NFL, we're in other hospitals. So um, it's exciting to see where the product and where the company has has gone from, you know, six years ago to where it is now. Yeah. So on this episode of the uh, For Aaron's Insider podcast, Ian, Laura and I are talking about the needs on defense for the 49ers. And you know, we're here going to be talking to draft prospects. But six weeks before the draft mm-hmm. is free agency. And I think a lot of the 49ers needs before 
the draft will be either filled or we'll know where they need to go. And two names that come up, Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward, they are the 49ers' highest profile defensive free agents. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's first talk about Eric Armstead. How realistic is it that the 49ers can re-sign him at the kind of money that he's going to command Mm -hmm. while also taking care of some of the other things that need to be done, such as eventually long-term deals for DeForest Buckner and George Kittle. Realistically for Eric Armstead, uh, being a former player, I know for him, he wants that long-term deal. He wants that four, five, six-year extension where now he's solidified. Now he can go into 2020, 2021 and feel good going into the season knowing that he has, you know, something set in place that if he gets hurt, you know, that franchise tag is cool. That $19 million is cool, man. Trust me. It is really cool. But now if you go I'll out there. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> now if you go out there, play one and get injured, blow ACL or whatever like that, now that's going to hurt you going into next season when you're unrestricted again. And now that 19 looked good, but maybe you could have made you know 80 to 100 million over five years and now you have one year of, of, of roughly 20 and now you're, you're signing a deal for three years or two years or maybe a one-year prove-it deal where it's like six or ten because you had that injury so that's where guys are going through. that's what Eric Armstead is going through right now just trying to deal with that that's what his family's dealing with and his agents dealing with knowing I care about you but at the same time you know I want you to get this long-term deal but the team business-wise you know there's always two ties two sides to it 19 million is a lot of money, especially when we have to bring in, pay so many guys. And then next year we have to pay some guys too. And we don't have a lot of cap space to work with this. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, um, what other guys can come to the table and, you know, take a pay cut to make sure all that stuff that we, we, we saw in the field, in the locker room, you know, off the field, that buddy, buddy system, that, that stuff that we saw. It happens when it comes to contract negotiations, too. We're going to see how really close-knit this team is. Last year, the Kansas City Chiefs put the franchise tag on D Ford, and I don't think they ever really expected to have him on the team, but they ended up working out a trade with the 49ers. Could you envision the 49ers doing something similar with Eric Armstead where they tag him at $19 million and keep him around until maybe the first day of the new league year mm-hmm. and then – try to flip him and get some draft picks because right now they only have one pick in the first four rounds. You said the key word flip, you know what I'm saying? So if, if you, you don't want to let a guy like that and, and uh, draft a guy like that and then just lose him like that with, with nothing coming back from it. So obviously, you know, you know, that is a scenario that they can possibly go down. I'm sure they've had multiple conversations over that um, to franchise a guy and then be able to trade him and get a pick for him because I mean, if they can get a second for that, you know, you got to see, you know, second or third round like, yeah, I'll take a second for that but they have to be able to you know figure out with, with the team to see if they'll take that second round um, pick and be able to you know dump this money on them and now this word from BMW no matter who you are no matter where you're going no matter what's next there's an X to take you there Mr. BMW X5 xDrive 40 off for 719 a month And then the other guy is Jimmy Ward. And just a couple of years ago, they drafted Tarvarius Moore, guy who has a bright future, runs Very athletic. You know, probably one of the fastest guys yes. on the team anyway. And he saw some, some playing time in the Super Bowl. Some plays good, some plays bad. Where do you think they draw the line with Jimmy Ward? They obviously like him. They've kept him around. But you know, at what price? You know, He wants to play free safety. That's where the 49ers would want him. What, what do you think the odds of him coming back are? 
I don't think he's coming back at all, be honest with you, because another team's going to pay the hell out of him. Excuse my language, but he's he's a great player. He has come into his own. I remember when he first got drafted. You know, I still talk about you know anytime you know people talk about Jimmy Ward, that first game at Levi's against the uh, the Brandon Marshall in in the, in the Chicago Bears. I remember watching you know a couple plays. He had some rough ones, and he's grown into one of the best free safeties in the NFL. Coverage hitter. You know, he almost knocked himself out the Super Bowl trying to hit Patrick Mahomes. You know, and this is the kind of guy that he's put some really good film out, and teams have seen that. You know, and I don't he's think fearless, isn't he, he? Yeah, he's yeah, fearless, he's fearless, and, and I love that about. Him. Um, and teams see that, and that dollar sign is going to go up because teams see that. And it's not like he has any problems off the field. He's a great kid. We all know him. Mm-hmm. Um, and teams obviously see that. They know that. So, you know, maybe, you know, there's a hometown deal where, you know, he likes it here. But I figure the, 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 the ceiling for him to be able to stay here would be like six or seven because I don't think the 49ers can really afford paying a safety 10, 12, 15 million. And I think another team that has the cap will bring in a guy like Jimmy Ward because they have a decent D-line and they need a guy on the back end to play free safety like a Earl Thomas or Ed Reed to be able to control that back end back there so that when they get that pressure, you know, they can go one-on-one with the corners and, you know, play a little bit more aggressive because you have a safety that can roam. That's why Seattle was so good for so long because when they had somebody mess up interior, Michael Bennett or Sherman get beat, you got Earl Thomas back there who can roam the safety and play all, you know, for with the 52 and a half yards. Yeah. 53 and a 53 third. 53 and a third. There we yeah. go. Yeah, I was close. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was about a foot off. Well, they call that guy They call that guy the eraser. Exactly. And that's, exactly. he that's erases he put, all yeah. the mistakes elsewhere yeah. in the defensive backfield or even you know, on the defensive line. Yeah. And the interesting thing about this draft is you know, people talk about how it's a great draft for wide receivers, but it's also supposed to be a great draft for cornerbacks, too, and defensive backs. So if the 49ers could use uh, Eric Armstead and flip him, get some more picks, if they could use that 31st overall pick and trade back and just start to, you know, maybe even trade back a couple of times and accumulate more picks, I mean, there are guys uh, who fit the 49ers profile, whether it's safety, whether it's cornerback, and this is something where you have to draft for need, not necessarily the year you need the guy mm-hmm. or the position. You need to draft for need a year or two out. And when you look ahead to 2021 and some of the 49ers defensive backs who are scheduled for unrestricted free agency, how's this for a list? Richard Sherman, Jaquaski Tart, Kwan Williams, Akello Witherspoon. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Witherspoon and Emmanuel Mosley. But I think they need cornerback help now. And they very well might need cornerback and safety help in a big way next offseason. Yeah, and uh, we're talking about Kwan Williams real quick. Um, he's really uh, uh, crucial to what the Niners want to do, especially with where the NFL is going to, you know, implementing more three and four receiver sets. That's why you saw Tavares Moore play a little bit more in the Super Bowl because what what did the Chiefs like to do? Three and four receiver sets in there fast too. So having a guy like Kwan, he was kind of like that extra linebacker on the field when Kwan would come off and that base down would go off and you know we have your nickel and second and third down packages come on. Kwan was a guy who could step out there and play slot and also be a, a, a defender in the run game too because you know he wasn't scared. He'll show up and, and, and show his hat. But you know you have a guy like Richard Sherman who's not getting any younger. You have, you know, a dilemma at the other side of the corner with Emmanuel Mosley and uh, Witherspoon. But do a, does a team go into next season knowing where they are and an expectation to go in with the question mark? Is it Akilo? Is it Emmanuel Mosley? You know, the undrafted guy. Maybe he had a couple of good games because he had a 
really good defensive line, or maybe he's a good player. This is the kind of you know questions that they're going over this offseason to see if do we draft a guy in the first round or do we draft a guy you know early mid rounds to kind of bring in some competition because the the thing about undrafted guys you're undrafted for a reason. Either it was an injury or something in college where you know you're a decent player, but something you didn't have you know it was a, a, a barrier somewhere. So to bring in some more competition for Emmanuel Moses, I would love it because you know. I feel like he's gotten over a killer Witherspoon. He, he he's beat pretty much beating him out. So you know he's gotten over that. So you need to bring in some more competition to push him and to get as most as you can out of him because he's a great player. And I think if you trade back and you get a safety and a cornerback, say in the second or third round or third or fourth round, I think anybody you bring in would be theoretically competing for a starting cornerback job and also assuming that Jimmy Ward signs somewhere else start, uh, competing for a starting safety job. So if you get two defensive backs before round 5, you might have two you might end up with two starters immediately. Yeah, very true. And that's that's, that's the cool thing about the draft. You know, you have these picks to be able to bring in guys to be able to compete and possibly take, you know, those spots with guys who are aging out. You know, I remember back in the decade where, you know, we drafted, you know, E. Reed to replace Deshaun and then we drafted Jimmy Ward to replace uh Dante, you know, and you know, we had these guys and they drafted a year before or the year after they were leaving to kind of, you know, grow into their own, you know. Um it's and it's gonna be interesting to see what they do because if they do draft later on and have those guys get have a year before they really have to start I think it'll help them just learning instead of throwing the guys out there in the fire and like just learn you know um and it's gonna it's a good problem to have because now you have guys elsewhere that you don't have to force a young guy out there to deal with certain things they can kind of learn and maybe middle of the season or next year be able to take over speaking of a good problem to have you mentioned earlier Quan Alexander when he came back into the lineup, Dre Greenlaw stayed in as the every down weak side linebacker. Mm-hmm. Quan Alexander took that Sam role, and now they're all kind of they all do similar things, right? Mm-hmm. They're all stack linebackers: the the Mike, the Will, and the Sam. How do you get Dre Greenlaw off the field? And then with Quan Alexander, you didn't bring him here to be a part-time player. You didn't bring him to the 49ers a year ago at this time to play a third of the snaps. Mm-hmm. What do you expect to happen with this competition? As I said, it's a competition, right, between Dre Greenlaw and Quan Alexander for who's the every-down linebacker lining up right alongside Fred Warner. Who's cheaper, Matt? Uh, Dre Greenlaw by a lot. Who's younger? Dre Greenlaw by, what, four or five years. Who's had no injuries so that far? That would be Dre Greenlaw. Knock on some wood. I need to find <laughs> some wood to knock on. You know what I'm saying? Um that's kind of where you're at right now. And Quan knows that. Who who was the guy that came to the Niners and wanted to take a pay cut a couple of weeks ago? Quan Alexander. He knows. You know, he he was brought here to be that he he's the energy. He, he I'm not gonna lie, he's the energy. But he was brought in to play ninety to hundred percent of the snaps, especially on defense and be Dre Greenlaw and make those plays that Dre Greenlaw made, you know, during the season. He was brought in to be that guy and you know, he had his pec injury, he he was able to come back from that. But I paid you a lot of money to be on the field. And I've learned the hard way, you know what I'm saying? The best ability is availability. And when you don't have that and you're paying a lot of getting paid a lot of money, teams start to ask those same questions I started to ask you. You know, is he younger? 
who's cheaper and little things like that. So as of right now, Dre Greenlaw is that starter unless, you know, something happens with him, something crazy, the, the world shifts. You know, he's the starter right now. And, you know, Quan is, is that third guy who's going to get interchanged out when, you know, teams go to three uh, receiver packages or four receiver packages. That, that's receiver one packages. of the interesting things about this team as it stands right now. For a long time, they were so much under the salary cap for year after year after year, and they made a very wise decision. Don't just pay money to pay money. And the reason they were so far under the cap was because they didn't draft well enough to hold on to their own players. And they didn't go outside and just spend money to spend the money. Mm -hmm. Now they've drafted well enough that, and they brought some guys in. Now there are guys who are going to need to get paid, not only now, but even down the road. And along with that, with winning, come some very difficult decisions mm-hmm. and that's where the 49ers are really for the first time in a long time this offseason mm-hmm. where they're going to have to start making difficult decisions and guys that they want to keep around they aren't going to be able to keep around mm-hmm. think about it. after next season who's going to be up so we got Fred Warner going into his third year. So it's a four-year deal. So now after that third year, you can you can sign for extension. And the way he's playing, and he could possibly make all pro next year. He should have made a Pro Bowl this year. But he's a guy, obviously, that you know he's growing into his own. So you're gonna have to pay you know that dude very very well. Um, you know George Kittle is gonna command a lot this year, and then you have DJ Jones next year. You know hopefully he stays healthy. Uh, we were just talking about you know, hey my nose guard. You're supposed to do the nastiest guy on the, on the, on the D-line, on, on the field. I remember Jimmy T used to tell me that. And the best thing you can do is be on the field. I don't care what's going on with you. If your bone's not sticking out, you should be on the field playing. And soft tissue injuries, you know, they can't, you know, they can't pay a guy like that, you know, how he should. Because DJ is a beast. I love watching him play, not only because he has a 93 on, but because <laughs> but he's a relentless player. And I've seen improvement, vast improvement year after year after year and if he doesn't have any injury concerns next year I, I expect him to get paid you know I don't even know if the 49ers will be able to um, pay him because I think another team will give him more money yeah and I mean but I mean so many guys I McGlinchey mean, McGlinchey. On, McGlinchey on the other yeah. side yeah McGlinchey uh, yeah Kyle Juice check. Yeah, Juice. Yeah, Juice wants more money too. You know, he's a very you know X factor in that that offense, and then Kyle using him a lot. So obviously, you know, if I'm getting used to you, I'm sure Kyle's agent is in his ear, like, hey, look at your usage per, usage percentage, you know, during snaps and, and 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 during the season. Like, you should be getting paid, you know, like a tight end or a running back or a receiver because you're playing multiple positions and you're having more carries and catches and whatever than a lot of these guys. So hey, you know. You need to pay me a little bit more. So, you know, you got all these dynamics and these agents and these, you know, different things that the Niners are going to have to deal with this offseason and next offseason. All right, a lot of difficult decisions. My easiest decision was asking Ian Williams to be on the Free Niners Insider podcast with me this week. I appreciate you, man. Ian, good to see you. Oh, yeah, always. All right, we're back on the 49ers Insider podcast. And I'm rejoined by Laura Bread. And Laura, we talked about the defensive line. We talked about the linebackers. And now the the defensive backfield. And Ian and I talked a little bit about that. They can use some help back there. And this appears to be a pretty good draft for the defensive backfield. But uh, I just think they need more competition in there and more young bodies to get out there and, and show what they can do. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, it, it's something that I, I don't know. Do you think they'll target? Some somebody like that in the in the draft. I mean, he, are I you able to, to get? Yeah, I mean, are you able to get quality picks that late? The 49ers have proven that they're able to do that over the years. That they can get guys like George Kittle that aren't on many people's radar, um, you know, and turn them into phenomenal players. They proved that with their running back situation 
with Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, guys like that. So I do trust that they're going to be able to find people late, but you'd, you'd have to imagine that in the draft, they are going to be looking, looking to fill some of that void. Yeah. And when you look at where the 49ers are drafting, as we talked about earlier, you know, they would, they would almost have to trade back uh, maybe a couple times, maybe even three times and, and, and kind of work this draft from that standpoint. But you know, if they just stay at 31 and take a guy there, I mean, they could take a safety, uh, you know, a couple names, Xavier McKinney from Alabama. I don't know that he'll get that far, but Grant Delpit from LSU, you know, we don't know if he'll get that far either. Uh, a few other guys, you know, cornerbacks like A.J. Terrell from Clemson, uh, Travin Diggs from Alabama, Jalen Johnson from Utah. So, I mean, it, it's possible that if not likely that the 49ers come out of this draft with at least one starter in the defensive backfield and maybe even two and certainly a year down the road when some of those guys we mentioned who are already on the team but who have unsettled contract situations you know when some of those guys move on you know they'll be looking for one or two guys out of this draft class, I would think, to step into starting roles sooner than later. Yeah, and and just like we talked about a minute ago with Fred Warner having the time to develop, that's the benefit that you have from that when you plan ahead is getting a guy in there, getting to getting him to and play in real time NFL games and real time NFL snaps, but able to take him out and put your starter in, you know, just to have the experience under your belt. A lot of this stuff will be determined, I guess, before the draft, what the 49ers' actual needs will be, because we're talking about the draft now because I'm in Indianapolis, but the fact of the matter is free agency starts in mid-March, and what the 49ers do or what they don't do in the first week of free agency will really set the table for what happens in the draft or what they have to get accomplished in the draft. So what you're saying is our conversation right now doesn't matter, Matt. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Well, I'm saying that <laughs> actually that is what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. But hey, this is what all 49ers fans are talking about right now. So we're just joining in on the party. Yeah. And so I guess that's your way of saying we should probably just end this podcast. Yeah, fine. Fine. We'll okay. just end it. Laura, I'll talk to you next week. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Laura. All right, I'll talk to you later, Matt. Have fun. Well, I will talk to you next week on the 49ers Insider Podcast, brought to you by Big O Tires. And if you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. And if you're a sports fan in the Bay Area, you can listen to all the NBC Sports Bay Area podcasts at NBCSportsBayArea.com backslash podcast, the running plays podcast with the Warriors, Purple Talk with the Kings, and the Giants Insider podcast, as well as the Raiders Insider podcast. So until next time, we'll talk to you later. The 49ers Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all state to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state fire and casualty insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.